you know, I need a haircut again. Like same dude. I, I get like this chunk on the side of my head and I can't figure out what anime character it reminds me of, but there's some <laughs> anime character that has a like thing on the side mm-hmm. of their head. See, MC, if my hair looked like that, I'd be okay with it. It's in this weird in-between <laughs> state where it's not actually long. It's just weird. MC and looks like part werewolf. Uh, <laughs> what's really weird is my hair's starting to go wavy. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. My hair my, gets my... beautifully wavy when I grow it out. <laughs> I, I beautifully wish wavy, huh? I had this when I was younger because, mm-hmm. uh, like, Troy's known me for quite some time. Like, my hair was dead straight mm-hmm. up until, like, this last year. So now that it's doing all this, I'm like, oh, maybe I should keep it long. <laughs> Mine is getting straighter because my gray hairs aren't as wavy as my brown hairs. <laughs> and I'm, I got a lot more gray hairs now than I used to. It's Dude, real those sad. gray hairs, they go in weird directions. They, like, do their own mm. thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The ones in my beard, like, my beard's, like, kind of, like, Little, little curl to it and then the gray <laughs> ones are just straight and so they really stick out <laughs> yeah. I, I have gray hairs at the back of my like at my neck and they're normally shaved off and i have one white hair it's not gray it's pure white <laughs> that grows out of my chin and it's really weird yeah that's the magic hair i don't know what that means but luck, that's what it is i think I'm trying to think of a way to transition this to the episode. (laughs) I I got nothing. Too Young for This Trek. The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of... MC. Troy. And Eric. Their mission to introduce Tyler to strange new episodes. To seek out the best and worst media in the Star Trek franchise. To boldly go where several podcasts have probably gone before (laughs) so anyway hello and welcome to too young for this track hello (laughs) are you welcoming us yes you pause like you're waiting for a response um (laughs) yeah i I'm Tyler. I guess we should, in case we have new listeners, because it's a new season of a show, uh, we should say That's a little right. bit more than we usually do. I'm Tyler. I've only seen like the Star Trek episodes that you see in our podcast feed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I'm uh, Troy. I've seen all the all of them and all of them. Uh, and 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 we made this podcast to torture Tyler by introducing him to Star Trek in a very bad way, which was Picard. Before he saw anything else, <laughs> that makes but it sound like you really hate Picard. <laughs> no, 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 no! It's just a bad onboarding just point. Context. It's a very bad onboarding point. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Eric. I'm obsessed with Star Trek. Apparently, I never realized just how much of a nerd I was until I decided to do a Star Trek podcast. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. that. And I'm MC. I enjoy Star Trek while not being obsessed with it. <laughs> that's probably the right way hey, to do it like i have like an unhealthy obsession with nacelles apparently mc <laughs> what's what's the what's the desktop wallpaper on your computer right now um, i i don't know what you're talking about Is that it's a just deep space nine oh, okay. i can't even I, see I like... it i just know that about you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite series yes and so this week we're watching the newest episode of star trek discovery 
season three episode one that hope is you part one no that hope that is hope you, is you i kept searching for the hope that is you that's probably why i wasn't finding what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> so we we like to give alternate titles to the episodes so uh what do you guys have i want to go last because i have two and okay. i feel like one's very obvious and yeah i just want to see if anybody goes for it if not i have to uh i'll call it federation two back in the habit (laughs) nice uh i got have cat will travel um uh, i want to call it uh smugglers and the federation Mm. all right so i'm gonna go with the one that i didn't write down which is a new hope (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know that fits in a number of ways yeah well i'm sure we'll talk about it later so Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we we normally start things out with a little summary. So he, he, here's the summary. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, Season 3, Episode 1, That Hope Is You, Part 1. The episode begins with a lonely guy just kind of sitting there going through the motions. Bird alarm goes off, he wakes up, bed disintegrates, mirror <laughs> appears, and cleans him. A desk materializes, and a different bird goes off. Every day is exactly the same, but Nine Inch Nails plays softly in the background. It doesn't really, but it should have. (laughs) So Michael Burnham shoots out of a wormhole now 930 years into the future and immediately crashes into the ship of a dude and his cat. Both crash land on a nearby planet. The Discovery is nowhere to be seen. Michael pulls herself together. the dude and the cat? Uh... The dude, the, the dude and the cat and the Michael. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom in itself. The dude, I'd the cat and the that. Michael. Yeah. So Michael pulls herself together and checks that life still exists, you know, considering she maybe just killed the last guy um, that existed. Then programs the time suit to go back to their original time, send the final time signal and self-destruct. With nothing left to do she heads over to the crashed ship where she and the ship's pilot punch for a bit and then become reluctant friends. Maybe. He introduces her to his cat, Grudge, and then heads to the big city where Michael can try to reach the Discovery and to trade her ancient tech for some dilithium. Because as the guy explains a hundred years ago or so, all the dilithium just exploded destroying like lots of ships and essentially destroying the federation in the big city book that's the guy's name uh gets michael arrested and he steals her tech to sell on his own the police or something like that drug her with some kind of truth spray and just makes her incredibly high she tells them lots of things that make her sound just like a mad insane person but eventually gives them the information they need which is about book robbing another courier's cargo oh yeah as a courier there's like a whole lot of exposition in this one so just bear with me uh the police (laughs) the police aliens take michael to book for some reason instead of you know just like arresting both of them they let her punch him in the face uh there's a big shootout michael switches sides to be back with book it's a real cool shootout though where like they're like teleporting all over the place and there's like explosions and there's like pew 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 and michael's still high so that's fun um there's waterfalls it's really great so eventually they jump off a cliff and teleport into some water. Book talks to a plant that heals Michael because she got shot earlier, even though everybody else exploded when they got shot. She just got a little cut. Um, then they go back to the ship and they, they get ambushed. Book releases the cargo, which is actually a giant transworm. 
and it eats everyone. Some people teleport away. Then it tries to eat Michael. Then he talks to the worm, and the worm's like, okay, cool. And so, yeah, he spits it out. Spits her out. <laughs> they take the worm to a sanctuary worm planet where it can frolic and do some dirty things with other worms. <laughs> then Book takes Michael to an old Federation base where they, that lonely guy from the beginning lives. All alone. He scans the local area for ships, and there are only two Federation ships in the area, none of which are the Disco, which means it could be there tomorrow or a thousand years from now because that's how time mechanics work. He tells Michael he isn't a commissioned officer because no one was around to do so, and she commissions him a comms officer to search for her ship while she hangs out with her new boy toy and his cat saving space worms and stuff. That's it. <laughs> That's so much. So much happened in this episode. (laughs) So much. There's a lot to unpack here. It is uh, Um, crazy. Can we all agree that um, if Adida uh, Sahil dies, we all riot? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. uh, That's the lonely guy from Tyler's explanation. explanation. so good and pure. So sincere. Yeah, sincere. Like, this episode was like a fun action thing up till getting to like burnham meeting him and then suddenly it became Mm. like such a heartfelt little story about Mm. like hope and trying to be better in the face of chaos and just oh my gosh like i was floored by how much that scene resonated with me come under burnham now i'll tell you a secret I'm not a commissioned officer. You see, my father was, his father before him. But unlike them, I was never officially sworn in. There has been no one to do it. Yet, I watch this office every day, as I have for 40 years, believing one day, others like me would walk through that door, that my hope was not in vain. Today is that day, and that hope is you, Commander Burnham. I I actually teared up a little bit in that scene, which yeah. is funny because, like, you know, like this means less yeah. to me than you guys. So <laughs> a <laughs> lot less. Good. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've seen a lot of Star Trek at this point, but yeah, it like hearing somebody talk about the Federation that way was pretty incredible. And I I I genuinely think that. While I'm not one of the people who hates New Star Trek, New Star Trek needed to do this because seasons one Mm -hmm. and two of Discovery Mm -hmm. and Picard all kind of put a bad light on the Federation in a lot of ways. And having a character who sees it just as something good and something to strive for was was really refreshing to me and, and like... That, like that's why I fell in love with Star Trek is is because of the idea of like hoping for something better and so seeing a character in the show do that was just oh, it was very good yeah no same uh, that that the whole scene was amazing um I know we got a little glimpse of it in the trailer and I I had a feeling that that was gonna be a big moment so I'm glad they really they pulled it off you know yeah I I really enjoyed his performance and like seeing him like at this station. And then you find out he's not even a commissioned officer right there at the end. And it's like, it, you're wondering like at the beginning, because he has that little container, what's in there? 
well, what is he holding on to that's part of the Federation? Is he going to give this to Michael? And then it turns out, oh, no, it's just his family's Federation flag that he can't put up because he's not a commissioned officer. And then as soon as she commissions him, oh, my God, that flag goes up. And it, it, that mm-hmm. whole moment, I yeah. I really, like, it, it. I got watery eyes. I, I was like, oh, my God, this mm. is so touching and heartfelt. These people, the person who wrote this definitely knew, like, the impact like Star Trek has had on people and how it's supposed to like actually be it's and it's not all about or always about bad morals and like how corrupt a system can be from like just bad people getting into it and rising up through the ranks yeah that happens yes and it's happening today but we've got to strive to be better than that yeah yeah, I think that moment like really hit me hard, especially because of what's going on in the real world right now. And it's like we have to keep that hope alive, you know, despite how dark things may seem. There is light at the end of the tunnel and we have to, you know, really focus on that and be true to our principles, you know, <laughs> I I do. One other thing I think is really cool about this is I feel like it is a direct response to what happened in Picard because Picard mm-hmm. told a story of the Federation becoming more insular and like the Federation abandoning their goal of like yeah. being out there and helping people. And a lot of yeah. people were really bothered by that in that show. And, and I, yeah. I understand why. And Burnham didn't live through that. She skipped over it. And when she hears yeah. what happened, that, that the burn happened, all the dilithium exploded, and the Federation just collapses as a result, she's like, that can't be because the Federation is more than just starships. And I feel like that line felt like a critique of what the Federation had become in Picard, which is weird since both of these shows are being made concurrently. But um, it, it, th- <laughs> that resonated with me, I think, well, even more because of the federation not not collapsing in picard but mm-hmm. becoming less than it should be quick question do you think because of that there might be a crossover between picard and discovery to fix <sighs> I, that i kind of hope so i think that there's a possibility of that eventually happening uh, i don't yeah. think michael's going to be time traveling back to picard because she doesn't have a suit anymore no. but no, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, first. like, thematic crossovers more than actual characters crossing over. Like, mm-hmm. that that would make more sense to me. Which we kind of got with both Disco Season 2 and Picard dealing with AIs and things like that. Like, I, I think that's more likely than actual crossover. Yeah, I really hope Eric's theory of Picard being like, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna live forever is uh <laughs> yes. that's yeah, that that's a thing. And she just run Michael runs into Picard and he's just like Earl Grey T. Or maybe hot. he got trapped somewhere. <laughs> you know? Um yeah. I just watched yeah, an episode of Stargate where that happened. Anyway, we should jump back to the very oh, nice. beginning Ooh, of this episode. Yeah, I have one thing I want to mention about Sahil okay. before we leave him. Sure. There's clearly something wrong with this guy, right? Like he's just been sitting on the space for forty years <laughs> by himself. I felt bad at, for but him. He, how does he? I guess his friends are birds. I don't know. Like this guy, how is he not insane? I mean, I think that there is a little bit of insanity to him, but it's like optimistic insanity. Yeah. So I thought he was going to be a hologram when we first mm-hmm. like 
see him in person and then like no no he's real (laughs) it would have been kind of funny if it was a hologram with hologram birds i really liked his bird alarm clocks well the reason i thought like he might not be a hologram is because he brushed his teeth that's what i said becky's like he's a hologram right i'm like why would he have to brush his teeth then that's too realistic (laughs) of a hologram if you have to brush your teeth (laughs) uh can we talk about that bird clock that clock sucks you can't ever see what time it is because this is a dumb bird (laughs) moving around why would you have that clock? I thought that was oh, awesome. It'd be a terrible clock. Nah, I, I I would not want it. Do you think uh, Grudge will end up there and she'll eat a bird clock? Oh my god. Well, Grudge, well, the ship was, anyway, maybe. <laughs> that kind of needs to happen now. <laughs> I did like that it was a different color. I imagine that he has a color for each day of the week. So he like looks over and he's like, what day is it? Oh, it's a red bird. It's a Thursday. Okay, okay, okay. Thursday. What do I what do I do on Thursday? Oh yeah, search for signals. Okay. I bet Monday birds are just like brown. Okay, wait, okay. Well, since we're there, two Federation ships. He found he says he can scan two Federation ships. So the Federation, Mm -hmm. it's not just him. There are ships out there. But is he what I was unclear on, is it he in contact with them? Because like you said, Tyler, he's been sitting here for 40 years. Nobody's come by to hang up the flag in 40 years. So what yeah. I'm wondering is, is does he yeah, have greater scanner range right now than mm. he has communication range? Maybe, because he said he they the ships were in like a 600 light year radius. So that's, that's pretty yeah. far. And Book actually says that um, this is a waypoint for couriers. So I'm guessing he's not there by himself the entire time. But no Federation commissioned officers showed up who could raise the flag? Or have all the Federation commissioned officers that showed up just been giant tool bags? Where he's like, hey, (laughs) can you put up this family heirloom for me? It'd really mean a lot. And they were like, you're right, jerk, dummy. And then they punched him in the nuts and then flicked his bird in the head or something. (laughs) Maybe those uh, ships aren't in commission, like, someone stole yeah, like them. no one on them oh. is commissioned that could be true yeah well, yeah they could just be like like run by ai or or, or it could just know, be like just... just like him like it's a whole bunch of people that like are legacy federation officers but never actually got commissioned by anyone like maybe they don't know how to run the ship oh. <laughs> like they're just like the ship runs itself yeah. and they're no just, well that know, that was my they have food replicators well they, they yeah. could just be pirates uh i mean they definitely know how could to be. use the ships they're like federation like the ships would all be like similar to other ships in because like michael gets on mm. uh books ship and is immediately like oh comms and all the like she recognizes all the systems like there must be yeah. a sort of linking of like technology and the evolution of technology and stuff between different mm-hmm. factions yeah it's kind of interesting the way that we're we're presented this world. It seems like like this is like a post apocalyptic Star Trek yeah. universe, which I thought was really kind of neat. Um, not you know, it's different. You know, the burn was the day the galaxy took a hard left. Dilithium. One day, most of it just went boom. A lot of people died. The Federation couldn't say for sure what happened or why. Or that wouldn't happen again. I think they tried to hang on, but after a while, they just weren't around anymore. I I saw an idea for this. Um, somebody pitched an idea for a Star Trek show. I think they were doing an animated show. Was their idea? But the premise was going to be that you would jump like a hundred and fifty years after um, uh, mm-hmm. Nemesis, and 
have a storyline where like 50 years after Nemesis, something happened that just messed subspace up. And so warp travel became completely impossible. So the only way you could get around was with impulse engines. And then their idea was that you have a show that picks up with the first ship that's figured out how to bypass that. That's figured out some new propulsion system that allows them to travel Mm -hmm. akin to warp. And you then go back out and you see like, well, what's happened to the Klingon empire when they've had a hundred years of not being able to get to anybody else, basically. And I think that's what this show's kind of going to do. It seems like there is... It seems like it. Book mentions several different types of propulsion. He talks about, like, um, he talks about sails. He talks about transwarp drive. I've got to get my cargo to a certain planet by a certain time. So, unless you have Benamite lying around, and no one does, I can't fly quantum slipstream. Tachyon solar cells are slow as shit. And <laughs> don't even get me started on trilithium. All of which means, thanks to you, I need more dilithium. So there, there clearly are a couple different options, but it seems like... It seems like the energy source is kind of the problem. Yeah, and, and travel as a whole is less feasible than it was in the days of of Star Trek. Because they're kind of hindered by an economy. Yeah. Yeah, well, because suddenly dilithium yeah. is a, a rare commodity. Yep. And so... Well, and if you think about it, too, like, if the Federation's broken up, that means you have to travel between all these different, possibly hostile territories now. Mm-hmm. So, like, that would really throw a wrench in the process, I would imagine, you know? Yeah. Especially if there's, like, pirates and marauders out there and stuff. So it's kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this... Mm, this, like new universe essentially it feels a lot more like star mm-hmm. wars to me but in like a good way it's like Probably a lived in universe you know like yeah. it, it it doesn't feel all clean and neat it's like you know mm-hmm. couriers are essentially smugglers book is basically han yep. solo <laughs> he totally Grudge is, is basically chewbacca he's definitely a scoundrel <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I could see that. Uh, so I, speaking I read, of grudge, okay, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I have a grudge thing. I, I read. I, this is not my joke. It's something I saw either on Twitter or Reddit. I don't remember where, but it was somebody that was like, "If if the whole thing about him having this cat that he carries around on his shoulder is building up to a joke where he says something about carrying a grudge, I'm gonna quit watching Star Trek." <laughs> and then they basically did that in the first episode. You have a very large cat. Yes. She has a thyroid condition. Does she have a name? Grudge. Because? She's heavy. And all mine. Because it's big and all mine. Which, he's carrying a grudge. Didn't say it outright, but basically. Yeah. So do you guys think Grudge is just a cat? Or do you think she's more... I hope it's just a cat. I just wanted to be a cat. I like the idea that he's just a guy with a big cat. I just think yeah, it'd be funny. A cat with a thyroid problem. Yeah, it's it's great. She's yeah. just a man coon. She's a normal way for a man coon. Um, but I'm yeah, glad but, you said that because I hate the idea that cats are still suffering from thyroid problems in the future. Like, come on, we got medical tricorders. Just go woo 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 and then fix it. But he refers to her as a queen. So what if she is actually yeah. a queen? <laughs> what if that's not just a man who that loves his something. cat? But she's a queen. <laughs> I, for a second, I was like, "What if it's the cat from Captain Marvel?" You know, you guys like, saw that, like right? a big a flurgan. Yeah. God, is it a flurgan? Yeah, Am I right about that? I hate that I know that. <laughs> 
Yes. <sighs> now I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that brings us to our segment. There's a cat. Yeah, I got a cat. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you about a cat story that happened to me this week. My cat named Jace got a new nickname. I've now been calling him Evil Knievel because we're all asleep with our baby in the bed, our like 12 week old baby. And we have a king size bed and there's like maybe a foot between my side of the bed and the wall on my side. And Jace is over there and he jumps over the entire bed <laughs> screaming like he goes. <laughs> so like my wife just like instinctively like covers the kid. <laughs> and yeah, like when he jumped over the entire bed. Like it was it was insane. Like that is a long distance to go when it's not a running jump. It's like just just standing. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it made me think of like Evil Knievel jumping over buses. So. He's now evil can evil. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, my cat story is uh, so I we whoa, have whoa, two whoa. cats. One cat story per episode. That is what I agreed to <laughs> like, when I like, agreed to all this cat nonsense. Wait, wait. So one of them we call uh, it is named Lily. I call her a princess because she is very much like she she wants all the attention and she doesn't uh, give a crap about anyone else and. When he called um, Grudge a queen, that very much resonated. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like Lily. Uh, My other cat, Piper, we call her Terror because, well, she's young and just runs around everywhere. And very much like it sounds like Jace jumps like just so far. um, So we got like a scratching tower and... There'll be like a chair halfway across the room from her, like a good three meters away, and she'll jump from the top of the scratching post onto the chair. No reason, just because she wants to jump. <laughs> because she's a cat. Yeah, because that's, that's what cats yeah, do. That's cats. Yeah, they're so random sometimes. <laughs> do you think both can sort of talk to the cat? Like he can talk to the water and the worms. Like he can like he does his like chanting thing. I think so. He's got some sort of a yeah. weird empathic ability to connect with nature. So why wouldn't he be able to do it with his cat? Because cats are assholes and they do what they want. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, True. maybe that's also why he calls her a queen because that's how she sees herself. Yeah. He gives her commands and she's like, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think about his power? Like, do you think all the other people on that planet with him have that or? Um, I he said that his like he comes from a people of hunters, but every once in a while someone like him is born, and I assume that that power is what the someone like him is because yeah. he said that in response, like, what's it like to be able to like feel everything? So I think basically every once in a while someone on their planet is born and is like, holy shit, hunting's bad. You guys were killing, dude. That thing just died, and I felt it. That sucked. Um, Get him so out I of think here. That, I think it's just the special people from his planet. I will be honest, though. I forgot about that power until you just brought it up, Tyler. Like, I completely forgot that he did that. Hmm. Didn't even register. So I don't know what that says about me or that power. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to play a large part in the season. It it seems like. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just assuming they're going to explain it at some point, right? Hopefully they explain it better than that. What was that magic device from Picard that they that just 
Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it. It's the yeah. thing that was the <laughs> thing that was going to fix the whole plot, and then it didn't fix the plot. They made a magical yeah. fix everything button and then killed a guy and didn't use the magical fix everything button to fix the dead guy. Yeah, and the guy mm-hmm. that had never seen a cat before didn't meet the robot cat. God, Picard. <sighs> <laughs> you know what? Star Trek sucks. <laughs> um... Where was I gonna go with this? Oh yeah, yeah. So during that scene when he has like when he's like growing the plant out of thin air, then he's water. like speaking out some of water. language yeah. out of water. Uh, he's speaking a language that sounds a lot like Klingon, doesn't it? I did not register that it sounded like Klingon. No, yeah. It sounded like something, but I couldn't tell what. I, hmm. I, I didn't Maybe get wasn't Klingon, cool. but there wasn't enough. <sighs> didn't get Klingon vibes. I was gonna say, did well, there was yeah. there a weird distortion on his voice when he said it? Did he grow an extra <laughs> set of nostrils? Is he Ash <laughs> no. Tyler? Ash oh, Ty- God, no. Book is Ash Tyler. <laughs> oh, God. oh no, he's the guy playing the guy <laughs> being the other years. guy. Yeah. Ugh. They just yeah. put him in a new skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> Section thirty-one's up to some pretty messed up stuff is there any reason that ash tyler couldn't be put into a new skin suit could ash tyler Uh, be put into a vogue skin suit really involved Uh, that i don't think it works i mean they just had to re-break his bones and like add in some filler (laughs) i don't know i feel like he barely survived the first operation (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. Ash Tyler's gone, you guys. We don't have to talk about Ash Tyler anymore. I'm going to make it uh, a goal to find an Ash Tyler moment in every episode of Discovery (laughs) Season 3, just so we can keep the frustration alive. I feel like it's mostly just me that's frustrated. He'll probably be back in Strange New Worlds. God damn it. Uh, Hey, (laughs) speaking of Strange New Worlds, so Burnham sent the the suit back through immediately after she crash landed to deliver the last signal. But we know that the last signal didn't show up back in Spock's time until at least long enough after she left for Spock to have gotten interrogated at Starfleet headquarters, gotten a nice shave and put on a uniform again. So that's like at least a couple days. Time mechanics are weird, man. That's why the discovery hasn't shown up yet. That's what I'm wondering is like, so is discovery going to be what I guess what I'm saying is, what do you guys think is discovery going to be a couple days behind or is it going to be more than that? Uh, it's gonna be like I think it's gonna yeah, be years because she grows her hair out. We know from the preview. Yeah, you're right. That's I. I wish that we didn't know that because that does kind of well. Actually, no. We <laughs> we established with the Klingons that they have hair growing technology. True. I mean, in the future, that's yeah, maybe true. it's a wig. I don't know. She's just like I'm feeling some braids today, and she pushes Dude, the button and just goes. Phoosh. Actually, it could be the next day. It's like, what if book can talk to hair too? <laughs> <laughs> so. I like this theory. I want to talk about uh, the place that they go to. What the the mercantile is that? What it's called? Yeah, the yeah. mercantile. Uh, there's so many aliens in that, that scene, I'm... and they don't Sanctuary, focus in on any of them. And there's not one damn thing good about me sticking my head up at the mercantile, right, baby? Yeah. It, they just pass no, over. They all don't. That it's cool just it, it is very much passing through that space. Yeah. It, it was a cool scene, though. Like, you know, 
Yeah, we only it really felt very alien. We only in really a good way, see you know? uh, Andorians or Orions. So yeah, that was but awesome. I I definitely saw um, at least one Cardassian. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice and a Cardassian. There was uh, well, the only reason I noticed was because someone's neck was flaring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also there was another famous uh, alien that shows up. I think Troy has the yeah. same experience. There was there was a Lurian. I just had to look it up. There was a Lurian on the police force <laughs> that was chasing them down, which is Morn's people, uh, Morn of Deep Space Nine fame. Uh, Do you think it's Morn himself? You know, I don't know that, that we know <laughs> the lifespan of a Lurian, so it could be. But man, if that's Morn, he's really he's he's got himself in shape. I want to know what his diet regimen is because yes, I guess he just he he cut out he used all the to drink a lot. Yeah. Um, did he get phasered? Did that guy get phasered? No, he he got away at the end. He I was watching. Vaporized. Oh, that guy's okay. okay well, there's good. also okay, there's good. uh whatever Cosmo is the alien that book robbed. I don't know what he is. Oh He's yeah, some kind of alien. What was that? Yeah, no, we've that seen that cool. guy that before. Like, um, there, there. Um, we have. Yeah, in the episode where Worf in the episode, it's a two part episode. And it deals with Data having dreams and Worf going to a prison camp. <gasps> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. I think that guy was the same race as the information broker race that gave Worf the tip. They show up a couple times. I, I think, think they I show know. up three times in Next Gen and DS9. And they're like always yeah. information brokers. Like, like they're, that's their whole deal. And I think that guy was that race. I heard they were in okay, a that, movie. That like, sense. apparently it was confirmed in whatever the after mm-hmm. show is for Discovery that there's some species that was in some movie i don't know interesting oh i didn't check that i will show. look I and see that. if i can find a reference <laughs> here no, 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 no. just google that shit yeah google that shit yeah google that shit all day long yeah, I'm usually more on top of this. <laughs> uh, let's talk about more about the scenes taking place on what was it called not the citadel the mercantile we can mercantile. go with the citadel that works it's, it's a it was citadel. basically the citadel yeah so <laughs> There was a Commander Shepard ad in the back. <laughs> I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite. What's this place? Dilithium store on the. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You guys know where I'm going with that. What is Chewie's doing? Something. He's shaking my table. Chewie, stop shaking the table. Uh, what? But yeah, I think the I think the episode's main strength is that it's from Burner's perspective. He's coming to grips with this new and bizarre circumstances. She's stranded without her crew, and we're kind of in her shoes. Which and she's cool. in a really good mood this for is it. Like, like, she is, like, so much more fun than she's yeah. ever been on any episode of Discovery. Well, she was high for, like, half the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I really yeah. like that scene where she gets high. Like, uh, the two, like, I don't know what they're called. The There's an Andorian and a... Uh, yeah, I like the yeah. part where they're like, yeah. this is taking way too long. Let's go get a sandwich. <laughs> I... Uh, yes. Okay. My, These guys are great. My favorite I am bit very in that conflicted. scene is actually, actually what um, Michael says. She's like, uh, I have no idea what it is, uh, what he's carrying, but it's temperature... Um, uh, <laughs> it's temperature uh, sensitive. Regu- yeah, tem- temperature sensitive and uh, valuable. So I'm guessing ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also love the line where she says, she's talking about how potent the drug is, and she goes, I have a redheaded friend. You cannot give her this. Which is a great callback <laughs> to when Tilly got high in the season yeah. one finale. 
Um, yeah. I was conflicted about about the space cops, uh, the the Orion and the uh, Andorian. Is that who it was? Yeah, they yeah. were. They have names yeah. actually. You while you're talking, I'll they pull were up their names. Almost. <laughs> they have names. No, I, no, I I will go past almost. They were too goofy for me. Like that that felt a little bit out of place because. The scene where they're interrogating her, once she gets high, I was fine with it. But before that, it felt like a comedy scene. Like they they felt like they were like doing a comedy routine about being cops interrogating someone. <laughs> and it was just a little bit weird for me. Once she's high, then I'm fine with it because then, you know, we have a stone person as our unreliable narrator and so okay, it can get goofy. But the fact that they were goofy before that, I'm like, no, they should be intimidating right now, not like talking over each other and stuff. It was mm-hmm. it was just a little bit strange to me. But I mean they knew they had yeah. that truth serum stuff, so they could do whatever they want, you know, and they're gonna get the answers they need out of her. So anyways, their names are Ithic is the Andorian and Ithor is the Orion. I don't think they died, so we might oh. see them again. Yeah, they could be like reoccurring characters. The Orion, what was his name? Uh, Ithor. Ithor. Hmm. I I want to look up who the actor was because I, have it right I know. Here, if you're curious. Oh, what, who's the actor? Uh, where did it go? I lost it. Okay. Uh, Apparently, Ithor is a planet is in Star Jake, Wars. Jake Michaels. I feel like I recognized him from something, but. Nope. Based on what shows up on IMDb, I don't recognize him from something. Huh. I don't know. It, that that scene, that's, maybe that's what it was. It felt like it was a cameo, the way that scene was shot. Like, it felt like I was supposed to know who those people were. Like, if you put, like, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, or, or mm-hmm. yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost into a scene of Star Trek. That's how that scene felt to me. Like, it was like, oh, it's those guys! Except yes. for, I didn't know who they were. <laughs> Technically, Simon Pegg's been in Star Trek a few times. Well, yeah, but he hasn't. Uh, has Nick Frost had a cameo? I don't think so. Yes, I feel I like Star Trek? Think he has. What? He has. That would be amazing. I, I hope Frost he has. Like that would Star be weird Trek. if he hadn't. <laughs> let's let's Google that shit. Just Google that shit. Yeah, Google that shit. Yeah, Google that uh, shit. I do not see anything. Oh, I could have sworn that he like. A lot of people had cameos in uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, including Simon yeah, Pegg. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, back in 2011, Simon Pegg suggested that Nick Frost should be Harry Mudd in Star Trek Discovery, <gasps> or or in that a, would be a great no, I'm casting. sorry, in a Star Trek sequel. So in, in the, the movies, he wanted he wanted him to be the the Kelvinverse Harry Mudd. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, that would have been good. Yes. Then again, though, I really like uh, what's his face. Ryan Wilson. Um, the current guy. Ryan, yeah. Ryan Wilson. It's kind of almost hard to see someone else playing him now, you know? Oh, do you guys think that Ryan Wilson will show up this season? Do you think we've seen the last yeah, of I think we've good. seen the last of Hardcore Fenton Mud. Aw. <laughs> what if he's in a space worm? <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, he, he could totally still be alive. Yes, it would be a massive coincidence. But like we've seen, I could see him like getting accidentally cryogenically frozen or something. Here's what I think is going to happen. Yes, the cry- cryo thing could totally happen. But oh, this is spoilers. I can't talk about it. Shit. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> takes his headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember, uh, in that one episode, 
Harry Mudd has robots. Uh-huh. He has androids. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in that short trek, we saw that he made replicas of himself. Mm-hmm. So a replica the of Harry Mudd. The whole galaxy yeah. could be full of of android Harry Mudds who have his personality and everything. Out. That look exactly like Rain Wilson. Yep. Like he hasn't aged. Yep. I think they let they probably did that intentionally to kind of like be like we can bring him back. I, if they do, I hope it's just like him in the background of a scene. I hope none of our characters interact with him because if they do, then you have to explain all of that. And and it, I think it'd be more fun if like <laughs> yeah. he just popped his head up and like looked at Burnham and then like hid behind a blanket or something. <laughs> just just for us. <laughs> like a cameo, yeah. Okay. Maybe he was in the background in one of those scenes in the first episode. <laughs> he was he was all hanging right. out on the mercantile. Yeah, exactly. The Citadel, excuse me. You know, they keep rumoring that there's going to be a Mass Effect trilogy coming out for the Switch, and I don't want a Mass Effect trilogy to come out on the Switch because I have a lot of games that I want to play, and if a Mass Effect trilogy came out on Switch, I would stop playing everything else to go play Mass Effect, and I want that. When they say... When they say Mass Effect trilogy, do they mean like just re-releasing the original? Yeah, games? that's that's because I would totally be. It has that. been rumored for a long time that that they're working on that for a Switch version. Those Mass Effect, they're great. They're mm-hmm. amazing, especially the first mm-hmm. two games. Especially the second game. The first one's rough. I hope if they do release yeah. them, they do nah. some upgrades on that first nah. one. Yeah, the, the first, first one's, one's my favorite awesome. story-wise. I love that you can just... The second one the story's is my great. least yeah. favorite. The gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of liked being able to explore planets, you know, mm-hmm. like in the second one. You just broke <laughs> I, I like that part of it, but the, the actual like gun, <laughs> gun combat and stuff is just. Uh, yeah, the third one had the best gameplay yeah. like by far, but the story hey, was should we, the weakest. Yeah. Should we do a Black Alert and talk oh. about Mass Effect? <laughs> sure. Okay. Black Alert! Black Alert. Hello, I'm Robert Kelly. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, don't worry, and shouldn't. I'm not famous or noteworthy, just a guy who loves giant monster movies and wants to share his love. On my upcoming podcast, Record All Monsters, I'll be doing just that, with my friends, family, and sometimes some special guests who know more about it than I do. So join us on Record All Monsters. You might not learn anything, but we'll have a good time. And we're back. Uh, so let's talk more about the shooty shooty space battle because we didn't really talk about it, and it was cool. <laughs> the one at the, the beginning the or the one, one in the middle? The one on the the, the one in the middle, like, in like the, the long one, the one that was on most planet. of the episode. <laughs> okay. Um, I loved it. As the guy who doesn't love shooty shooty space battles, I loved this action scene because the way it was fun. that it incorporated the transporter was like exciting. And, and something yeah. that I, I have not seen really happen before. Except, I guess I have seen it once, which was last year in the last Star Wars movie. Because that's kind of how the last <laughs> Star Wars movie starts, is with the same thing, but in spaceships, where they're jumping around. Yeah. Except yeah. for in that, it didn't really make any sense. And in this, it made perfect sense. There's a music video called uh, Bad Motherfucker, 
where uh they <laughs> do this in it like they're like teleporting around and um yeah it's really cool it's actually have you ever heard of the movie hardcore henry the first person uh, yeah, movie that's the first person one right yeah, yeah so yeah. those people made this music video like well before that movie and it's first person also tyler are you making me listen to a kid rock song right now no <laughs> i it's the only song this band has as far as i know Whoa. yeah i've never seen any other ones of theirs yeah it's really cool i don't even remember what band it is i thought the design of the phaser that they have was really weird (laughs) until i saw them running with it and then i was like oh no that's really smart yeah well okay i i like that it's something different that we haven't seen before but i gotta admit it, it reminded me of hitchhiker's guide like oh, the, the movie <laughs> version. You know what I mean? Like those big clunky phasers that they have, or whatever. Yeah. Speaking of Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, I found two things that are references to Hitchhiker's Guide. So one is uh, the Star Trek Wikia notes that um, the the transworm that the, the, like the way they avoided it was yeah. by closing their eyes. That's 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 a thing from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I can't it's think also of a thing from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> that's true, but that's not. Uh, I mean, that's creepy demonic ghost, not an not alien. Worms. And, yeah. <laughs> It's specifically an alien in Hitchhiker's Guide. I can't find that note now to say what the alien is, but it's it's an alien that, like, if you close your eyes, then it mm-hmm. thinks that you it can't see you because you can't see it, and so yes. it just leaves you alone. But also, those aliens you're talking about, Tyler, the, the one that Book stole from, mm-hmm. did show up in Star Trek The Motion Picture. They were not the ones I thought they were, but they were in Star Trek The Motion Picture, and then they were in this, and they're oh. the Beetlejuiceians. From from Beetlejuice, <laughs> no presumably, which is <laughs> like from Hitchhiker's Guide. Except for what's weird is the Memory Alpha page about Beetlejuiceans does not mention Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy anywhere in it. So I don't know if when did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy come out. That's a very good a question. A long time ago. Let's look it up. Well, a long time ago, relative to Star Trek: The I Motion Picture, late seventies. Yeah, seventies. Uh, yeah, 80s. yeah. It's before. I'm pretty sure it's before the motion picture. Original work: nineteen seventy-eight to nineteen eighty, and the motion yeah. picture was after that. Yeah. So the motion picture borrowed it in nineteen seventy-nine, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They, it, the wiki the doesn't mention Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I don't understand because it's, it's well, surely technically it's, isn't it's Beetlejuice be. an actual planet? That's like where they got the name Beetlejuice from for the movie Beetlejuice. Is it really? It just, I'm pretty positive. I could be wrong. Is that a Beetlejuice be totally impression? Wrong, no. I don't know. How many times have you said Beetlejuice? Because you're not supposed to say it three times. Well, but oh, when you're shit. saying it in reference to the planet, it's fine. <laughs> Well, if you say it like six times, does that cancel it out? Ah, shit. Beetlejuice is a real place. It is. I told you. It's the 10th brightest star in the night sky. And after Rigel. Rigel's a real place, too? Star Trek is real, guys. How did you not? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. And Orion's out there? Orion. What the fuck? Yeah. How did you not know Orion? (laughs) Orion's belt, man. What do you mean? Andromeda's real? <laughs> they didn't make that up for the shitty Mass Effect sequel. I've never played it. It could be great. Hey, can I tell you about Andromeda real quick? Yeah, um, do y'all know? Do y'all know Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda? <gasps> yes, yeah, I know. Of I it. saw it so, on TV. I, I didn't watch it, but I saw it was on. I, in, in, I heard I it's watched not great. All of it. Yeah, I heard the I, concept's good, but 
the execution wasn't great. I've heard it's hot garbage, is what I've heard. I'm not going to mince words. Um, <laughs> it has yeah. Col- Kevin Solbo in it. It's great. Can oh, I read you? Great with him. Can I read you part of the premise from the wiki page, uh, the Wikipedia page for uh, Andromeda? I saw this referenced somewhere on some thing, and I don't remember what it was. So I apologize to whoever pointed this out that I didn't pay attention to who you were. Anyway. <clears throat> The Andromeda, with Captain Hunt aboard, is caught at the edge of the event horizon of a black hole, freezing both in time. 303 years later, the crew of the salvaged ship Eureka Maru locates the ship. The system's commonwealth, the former government of the galaxy that humanity belonged to, has fallen, and the era known as the Long Night has begun. Hunt recruits the salvage crew to join him in an attempt to restore the system's commonwealth and rekindle the light of civilization. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that sounds familiar mm. to something that's happening yeah. in uh, Discovery at the moment. That's is, a is, weird is, coincidence. Is Discovery Season 3 based on Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda? <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> Just not a hot garbage version of it. Hopefully not. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's off to a great in, start. So it's hard to say. Um, one yeah. last thing about the shooty shooty space battle. My favorite part of it <laughs> is when Michael's still high at the beginning and um yes. she's just like <laughs> shooting and then book snaps a guy's neck and she watches it and she just looks at him with like the most shocked face like damn it, it's great like her facial expression <laughs> yes. is is amazing like i i she's she's amazing yeah. throughout this whole episode she's just she's so much more fun than she's ever gotten to be on the show we left everything that i have ever known or loved behind me for the sake of creation right if you think about it let's be honest i saved all the things oh and then i shot out of a wormhole and i hit a guy mm-hmm. right well they lo- they really let her let loose you know um also like her and book have like great chemistry yeah there's something really awesome going on there with those characters I really liked Book. I really liked Burnham in this episode. I liked Sahil. Like I, I liked mm-hmm. everything that this episode had to offer. I think, I think that the the character stuff throughout it was just really, really solid. Which is definitely interesting because I, 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 I gotta believe that this is the Star Trek episode that features the least amount of the main cast. Mm-hmm. across the entire franchise yeah i mean yeah it's it's a it's a weird episode in that regard but it's good yeah i, I, I think it, it still works and it was really cool that there is only one white person in this episode except for like aliens that are like you know like cgi painted all that stuff so you can't really tell and he is hiding behind a bunch of people of color on the planet I just caught him on my second viewing. I saw like his head. I just thought it was really funny. Like I, maybe he'll get lines later, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's like where's Waldo, yeah. but with a white person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see where the show goes. You know, I like I like the idea of the discovery itself being a, like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got to say, there's been some rumors online going around that they're going to revamp the design of the ship. And I kind of hope that's wrong. Like I could see them upgrading the ship a little bit, but I love them nacelles, man. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't mess with my nacelles. <laughs> I like my elongated nacelles. I, it would, 
it what would are your thoughts on that like be weird for it not to undergo some sort of a redesign because it because it's so far yeah. it's 900 years out of date <laughs> But yeah. at the same time, like I, I think that we're supposed to get the impression that we're in a bit of a dark ages right now because yep. of of the burn, which by by my math happened about uh like a hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty years ago because mm-hmm. or 130, 150 years ago. Because Book said it happened a hundred to hundred and twenty years before he was born. So I mean, in terms of the time frame from when Discovery left to when it got here, it happened relatively recently. And mm-hmm. It's I, I think the idea is supposed to be that like that yeah, it's, it's kind of a dark ages that I, I think that like culture has kind of stagnated. Well, uh or, or rather at least technological advancement has kind of stagnated at this point. Which I think's a really brilliant way to do this. Cause it's sort of like the collapse of Rome, which led to the Dark Ages in medieval mm-hmm. Europe. Because that whole infrastructure just went away. Right. And then and, like, you know, barbarians rose up and all this crazy crap. And there's there's an interesting line that got mentioned earlier in the episode where he talking about the wormhole being generated book says something about like it wasn't bad enough when the Gorn burned up 20 light years of subspace subspace right. or something like what that. What is that about? Wait. The Gorn did what? Uh I I think it was only two. Maybe it was two. But but in any case, from my understanding of of mm-hmm. of uh warp mechanics which hey if you want to know more about the warp mechanics you should go (laughs) listen to the memory gamma podcast i'll talk more about them later i just remember that anyway my understanding is that warp travel works because of subspace so discovery is going to show up and be warp capable because it has dilithium so it, Mm -hmm. it it can warp around just fine except for that apparently there's at least one big subspace pothole out there presumably there's others too so even discovery might not be totally free to travel around the way that it could have before yeah i mean it's got the spore drive so uh does it right now i can never keep it might need to be repaired stamets is uh hurt at the moment so do they have mushrooms still he can just grow a planet of mushrooms, Troy. Well, they can grow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've established this. Uh, so I think that I think the really tricky thing now with the spore drive going forward is that space is different. It's been 900 years. They don't have a clear map of where they're going. And the only way they can warp with the spore drive is if they know where they're going. So I think that they'll be able to maybe travel better than a lot of other ships, but they still need to kind of remap space a little bit in order to do it i might be wrong what do you guys think like because they could just spore into a star right if they don't know the coordinates right yeah but i think that the way that stamets interacts with the mycelial network he he'd he'd get he'd get a gps update as soon as he came back online (laughs) yeah like he can like see it like what where he's traveling Mm. through it like that's what happened when they left the mirror universe yeah, if they spore true. drive through time back to the right timeline, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I really hope they stay in this time period because I like it. It's like it's different and it's fun, and people won't complain Definitely. about continuity. Mm. <laughs> That's half the fun, man. <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, Michael trying to rebuild the Federation. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's not going to happen right away, but I, I feel like that's maybe where the show's going eventually. 
it's an interesting premise because it is a little bit of like <sighs> mm-hmm. it's her listen it made me tear up i'm gonna say that again i got choked up yeah. at the whole like belief in the federation and the, the raising of the flag and all that but also it is kind of somebody from outside of this culture coming in and being like hey my way's better than yours i'm gonna make all of you do what i want <laughs> and and so it's it, it is a little bit weird in that regard but i i'm i it feels mm-hmm. a little odd to me but also i'm very moved by the premise so i i'm just holding back a little bit of judgment i feel like potentially that could take a turn to a very uncomfortable sort of premise but right now i like it Fair enough. I like it a lot, yeah. and Becky did too. I, I saw that. Um, I think Eric, you had a note on there that about that. But but Becky and I watched this together. Oh, yeah. She she loves Star Trek Discovery. I mean, she's watched most of Star Trek. She gave up on Enterprise. It's really uh, weird that Eric but... has a note about how how Becky felt about the episode. I know. I, I guess they were talking about it. Um, no, that's you know what I mean. But I. <laughs> She was she she did not tear up. She was crying over the Federation thing at the Aww. end, and she said that this this is her favorite episode of Star Trek. Um, so much oh, wow. so she watched it again. Which for all of us, yeah. that's not a thing. Like, okay, big deal. <laughs> like, I'll watch everything twice. Becky doesn't watch right. anything twice, and she watched this the wow. next day. She watched it again. <laughs> so that's how that's strong awesome. her review was. So Meg actually really likes discovery uh you know i've made her watch a lot of star trek since we met (laughs) but she really genuinely enjoyed this episode i think like on a whole nother level um and you know it may or may not have been because of the cat i think it was totally because of the cat (laughs) but (laughs) like yeah i don't know like there's something it had a kind of different feel and it was really a good like jumping on point in a way it almost felt like a whole new series really yeah Yeah. i would have tried to get felicia to start watching with this season so i'll let you know how that goes is it actually a good jumping on point she's seen a few episodes here and there with me watching but yeah so even for like hardcore fans this felt like like we were confused you yeah. know and i think that's the point you know <laughs> like, i think it's going to you don't have to know canon to, to enjoy it you know it is it is hard for me to say from this episode alone whether or not this is going to be a good jumping on point because yeah. if you know in four episodes we're dealing with control like oh, discovery's yeah. <laughs> computer has been taken over by control and the team has to figure like there's a lot of things could that could a happen episode about that yeah. I, I could see that being the premise of the season. I hope it's not, but it wouldn't surprise me I if it was. But so, yeah, it's it's hard to say. This episode, as it stands, seems like it could be a good jumping on point. But really, until Discovery gets there and we see what the continuity is going to look like from last season into this season, it's hard for... I think it's hard to judge that right now. Yeah, so... Personally. Do you guys have anything else about it? I kind of, One thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is uh i want to revisit our predictions oh okay (laughs) so like there's a lot of our predictions that are implied to be wrong but there's only one in this episode that's explicitly wrong and that was a mc saying that saru was going to be the hope because they totally say that specifically (laughs) they deliberately say that it's michael yeah and that made me laugh like when they said that like they were so deliberate about it like i was just like ha <laughs> <laughs> that hope 
is you, Commander Burnham. Do you think the next episode will be about Saru and the Discovery? Or do you think we're going to stick with Michael for a few episodes? I assume the Discovery is just going to come crashing in. Like maybe we'll have like, you know, like 10 minutes where it's just mm-hmm. the Discovery. But I think she'll notice they're there unless they to- show up in a totally different <laughs> section of space for some reason. I don't know. What? So I thought Grudge kind of stole the show in this episode. What if we had a whole episode just about Grudge? <laughs> like the episode just follows him around the whole day. Like the Hawkeye comic. He goes comic. off on an adventure. Yeah! That's a good comic. That's Troy a good dog. Yeah. Oh, pizza dog. <laughs> so the next episode is sort of interesting because everywhere I can look, it's listed as Far From Home. And, and not as that hope is you part two. So I'm assuming <laughs> that's wrong. And it is that hope is you part two, but that would be weird if they were just like, you'll uh, see part two in season four. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could be that maybe part two is when we get back to Michael, like they're going to have a few episodes about the discovery. And then we'll have part two about Michael again later on. Hey, let me go ahead and make know. this even more confusing. Wikipedia <laughs> has uh, season three, episode one listed as that quote for the title, quote, that hope sure. is you part one, end quote. For episode two, it says, quote, far from home, end quote, quote, that hope is you part two, end quote. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you can't you can't have two titles for your episode. They... Tell that to anime. You tell that to anime Troy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have a semicolon in it, as I'm well aware. Um before we wrap up, I, I mentioned Memory Gamma and I want to give him a shout out here because Memory Gamma mm. is a super cool podcast. I found them in the weirdest way possible, which is that the guy who made it sketched up a concept for some Starfleet uniforms that I thought was really Ooh. cool. And then it turned out that he hosted a podcast about Star Trek. And I was like, dope. So do I. Let me go listen to your podcast. Nice. He talks about warp engines, which is great. That's one of his episodes. He's done a couple episodes that is like how a certain piece of tech in Star Trek works and does like Mm, a pretty interesting deep dive on them. Um, But that's not the main premise of his podcast. The main premise of his podcast is that it is a true crime podcast about things in Star Trek. So what the host of the podcast is a hologram. Like someone was murdered on the set? No, no, no. Oh. The host of the podcast oh. is a hologram <laughs> like... in the future that is telling you a true crime podcast about characters from Star Trek. So he, like the first episode is about Soren. He's got an episode about Harry Mudd. He's got a two-part episode oh about Q. God, and it's all like delivered like a true crime podcast, except for it's talking about shit that happened in Star Trek. It is fantastic it is so, so his much podcast fun. is in universe yes like yes. this is something that like picard could be listening to yes Actually, exactly Riker seems more like a podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's memory gamma it's very very good i i really nice. enjoy it i'd recommend it to anybody except yeah, for tyler because it sure. will spoil stuff yeah sorry yeah, tyler. tyler you gotta wait till this show wraps up and like you gotta wait until you've watched all of star trek and then you can listen to it <laughs> yeah the show's never going to end at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there was so um, much new Trek coming yeah. out. There was one more thing I just remembered from the episode that I wanted to point out. And that is that um, I think it's funny that Michael's mom did like 800 of these jumps or whatever. Didn't hit oh, yeah. one ship. 
Michael does one. There was hits nothing a guy. for her to hit. She Everybody com- was dead. No, she comes back well, to the past. Michael Burnham's mom. Ooh, right. Michael Burnham's mom created the suit, so she knows how to fly. Yes. Burnham was just like, I- I'm going to do the best I can. I think mathematically, like fingers crossed. Michael was super unlucky because space is so empty. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what are the freaking chances? She's lucky she landed on an M-class planet. Like, her helmet cracked immediately, yeah. and I was like, oh god. Yeah. That crash, I know we, we're, we're wrapping up, but that crash, like, I <laughs> closed my eyes the first intense. time it happened, because, like, as <laughs> yeah, she got close, I'm like, painful. they're not gonna cut away! Fuck! Like, I, ugh, yeah. I couldn't look. Couldn't look. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler, was there trouble in this episode? <laughs> mm, not unless Grudge is a secret trouble. Could Ash Tyler become a trouble? Ne- neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I didn't notice uh, a trouble. Who was everyone's favorite character? I mean, we didn't get to know. We got. We weirdly got to know a lot about Sahil while also not getting to know much about Sahil. But shit, mm-hmm. man! Like a character made me tear up within like the first two minutes of him actually saying a line. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. damn good. Yeah, I don't know. I still think yeah. he's a crazy person, and he's probably going to kill people. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna, he's gonna murder people. Everyone. He's gonna be on that true crime <laughs> podcast you're talking about at some yeah. point. But uh, I, I loved Michael in this episode. She was the best version of that mm-hmm. character we've seen. Yeah, yeah, she was great. I, I mean, besides Grudge, <laughs> I thought Book was probably my favorite character because I don't know, like he seems intriguing. You know, like there's a lot to that character. He's, you know, you kind of hate him at times because like he put Burnham in a bad situation there for a second, but like he kind of makes up for it and he shows that he has a lot of yeah. heart. Like he does care. He just kind of grew up in a rough. He also has a know? boomerang knife that we didn't talk about. He does, does have it. a boomerang knife. Mm. Yeah, that's all I'm I got about going, it. Uh, I'm going with hang on the Troy <laughs> with was his, this uh what? what wait never mind oh, okay. <laughs> okay I was thinking now that Tyler was referencing Sarah Mike I, okay I thought Tyler was referencing Sarah and Michael save Christmas by talking about a boomerang knife because recently they talked oh. about how. Americans love to give Australians boomerangs in children's cartoons and there was a character that had a boomerang that was also a knife that was also an explosive and how that was a terrible idea and you really only needed to be one of those three things not all three at the same time and then I realized that that was not Sarah and Michael Save Christmas that was actually Grotesques which is a Gargoyles podcast and that episode came out like two years ago I just listened to it just the other day and I got confused because they also have Australian accents (laughs) I was going to ask if that character was Batman because that sounds like Batman and a battery <laughs> <laughs> no uh, i'm gonna agree with troy uh sahil is my favorite character in this episode um he's now what, what was it chief communicator sahil i think uh, so uh yeah communications officer sahil yeah i don't know i don't know what his official title is gonna be michael gave him one and i don't remember what it was i'll insert it Right. You are as real a Federation officer as any I have ever met. If you would do me the honor, we need an acting communications chief who can keep searching for my ship. Now, 
I did it just before you said ah. that. Like, I'm going to cut in. It's going to cut in before you say now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, why you got to interrupt me, Editor Tyler? <laughs> so rude. Did the science slash techno babble make sense? Uh, Was there much? Uh, there's the whole, like, uh, discovery coming the next day or in a thousand years, and I think that makes as much sense as anything. Wasn't that the premise of that bad Planet of the Apes reboot? Oh yeah, um, the one with Marky Mark. Yeah, that 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 was yeah the the Tim yeah. Burton one. Yeah, yeah. about you know, about I don't time hate dilation, that movie, but it's hole. weird. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 One. Yeah. Basically the same exact thing. <laughs> uh, so was this good, bad, or meh? I think I think we all thought it was good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was. I hope the rest of the season like lives up. To I do too. Season. Like, I I know the budget can't possibly live up to this episode because like <laughs> all of the like own scene stuff was amazing. Uh, like own location well, stuff. Yeah. One thing that I think is promising for this is that the showrunner didn't change partway through this season which it has in season one and season two of Discovery. And in fact, yeah. they just announced that they are starting production on season four of Discovery next month with the same showrunner in place. So that actually oh, gives yeah. me a lot of hope that there's going to be more consistency this season than there were in the first two seasons. That's great news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually got like a lot of, um, I think we got, a, well, yeah. We got a lot of votes on a few polls we did <laughs> this last week. Uh, so we asked on Twitter, who was the best new character from Discovery Season 2? And we had Lieutenant Spock with a beard, uh, Commander Jet Reno, Captain Christopher Pike, and Linus, the lizard dude. Um, it looks like Jet won uh, with 60% uh, of the votes. she should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she should. I totally agree. <laughs> With uh, Pike and Linus tied at 20% each, uh, no one voted for for Spock. Sad <laughs> He was good, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was good, but not Pike good. Definitely not Jet Reno good. Uh, we also asked, uh, let's see, who was your favorite main uh, supporting... Sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> who was your favorite main character on Lower Decks this season? Uh, we had, of course, Ensign Beckett Mariner, uh, Brad Boimler, Tendy, and Rutherford. Uh, and it looks like Mariner won with 38%. That uh, doesn't surprise no me. No one likes Boimler, apparently. <laughs> Mariner's, Mariner is the main character on that show. Oh, totally. And so it doesn't surprise me that she won. I think I even voted for her, but I regret that vote now because Tendy is everything i want star trek to be and that she is just like <laughs> yeah. excited and optimistic She's... and finds the positive in everything and so i wish i had voted for tendy uh, i voted for rutherford yeah. he, he's fantastic. my favorite like i all the episodes that had more of him were great i yeah. don't know how it's gonna work in the second season because it seems like spoilers mm-hmm. he might not have his implant mm-hmm. so he might get a new one. Maybe they'll like give him like a maybe like a Borg implant. Yeah, I was going to say maybe instead of a Vulcan <laughs> implant, it'll be a Klingon implant. Well, oh, that'd be interesting. There's a lot that's going like to have to be adjusted because Boimler's also not on the ship right now. So yeah, he's I don't know the- what's going to happen. MC doesn't it's know. Weird. He didn't see the last episode. Oops, sorry, MC. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't care. 
I'll, I'll, I'll see it eventually. It's fantastic. I think, you know, I think Boimler, he might not be my favorite character, but he's definitely the most relatable. That's because he's a massive nerd like all of us. (laughs) (laughs) He's constantly stressed out. And talking about the warp core. Yes. (laughs) Um, And the last question we had was, who was this season's MVP for Lower Deck Season 1? Because, you know, there's a lot of characters beyond the main characters. Um, So we had Commander Jack Ransom, Lieutenant Shax. Am I saying that right? Shax? Shax? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Shax, the big buff guy on the bridge, the Bajoran, uh, Badgie, <laughs> and Captain Ty- uh, Captain William T. Riker. <laughs> uh, so Shax won with sixty three percent. Good, he deserves. I it. agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit, I I voted for Badgie. <laughs> <laughs> I totally voted for Badgie. I think he was the most memorable aspect of this whole first season. Like, he just came out of nowhere. He's a complete psychopath, but he was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love like that. a cat. You know, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be how Sahil is remembered. As a psychopath? <laughs> a very cute psychopath, because we all found him cute in this episode, right? Hello. Welcome to Starfleet. May I help you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, Tyler. Don't ruin this for me. Yeah, so I think that's it. Um, next time we'll be watching season three, episode two, Far From Home and or That Hope Is You <laughs> Part Two, which probably that one. <laughs> Whichever one they decide to air, we'll watch that one. Yeah. Someone at Wikipedia is getting fired. Well, they didn't do a <laughs> teaser trailer for episode two. They did one for like a, it was yeah, for it was the, the whole season. season. So that kind of makes me excited because <laughs> I don't know what episode two is going to be at all. Like, I, it's probably yeah. going to be the Discovery showing up, but what if it's not? Yeah. It's probably some kind of misdirection that they're going I would for. love for it to be just like an adventure for like one episode it can be like a montage like over however long it takes for the discovery to get there and then like the last scene is the discovery showing up and that shot of burnham hugging tilly i've been trying not to see the previews but i've seen that moment and i'm like oh they're friends (laughs) yeah if you'd like to hear more of our stuff you can do that (laughs) I thought Tyler was going to read this part, but he just I, looked at the camera. I, so I was waiting yeah. for someone to tell me what to do. I was looking at my box. You can listen <laughs> to more of MC and I on the best animated shows ever so far, where we watch, discuss, and rank every cartoon ever so far based on the first three episodes. You can find more of Eric over on Epic Fails of History with a K in Epic, where he talks about humanity's mm. greatest failures and what we can all learn from them. He's just going to, the rest of the show is just going to be him talking about 2020. You can find links to everything I just mentioned in the show notes, as well as links to everyone's social media and a link to our Discord channel where you can chat with us about Star Trek and stuff. It just says chat us in the notes. I guess you can chat us, but you can also chat with us about Star Trek and stuff. Until next time, I'm calling this shot. I think that Hema, the planet they were on in this episode, is Terralysium, and we're going to beam back down to the surface for it to beam out.
not brown alert. Yeah, I think it should be brown alert from now on, and it's just assumed no! we're all taking a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> and then instead of instead of that sound, you can just have a toilet flush. I thought it was going to be farts. <laughs> okay, wait. You say brown alert, farts into the commercial break, and then a toilet flush as we come flushing. back from the commercial break. Perfect. Yeah, advertisers will love that. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, you're the poop of the episode. You are the stool. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Also, Tyler, they're transworms, not transworms. Transworms? They're because they, they put people into a trance. <laughs> oh, I thought they were. <laughs> I thought they were like trans. That's what I was thinking too. Capable or something? I thought it was like something from Dune. I you thought know? they were going to be like the tardigrades. Yeah. Nope. Just, just, just mind fucky worms. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called probablywork.com. Probably